my eyes slowly opened, and I awake to the sound of the howling wind and the soft touch of snow falling on my face. My head was pinned back, looking up to the heavens, and through the broken windshield, I could see sky above me, white with a touch of gray, soft, bright, clean, blissful. As I pulled my head down to look at my body, I was hit by a wave of nausea, and my head pounded. My brain felt swollen and overheated inside of my fractured skull. My entire torso was covered in a thin layer of powdery white snow. I shivered and realized I couldn't feel my hands or much else for that matter. Only a dull pain and the tingling numbness of the cold. I stared up the empty expanse for a moment longer. A gust of wind snapped me back to the present, the cold air cutting across my face like a knife, and suddenly, I remembered. The snow, the crash, the feeling of fear, falling. A voice, my own voice, began to whisper in my mind. Chris, Sophia, what the fuck happened? I began to breathe heavily, realizing how thin the air felt in my lungs and the growing pain deep in my ribs. It hurt to breathe, and the rising panic made me hyperventilate, with puffs of steamy breath forming in front of me. You need a drink. Dread washed over me, and I felt claustrophobic from the seatbelt still strapped tightly around my chest. I jerked around in my seat and frantically clawed to undo the buckle. I cursed under my breath and fumbled for a moment before the buckle came undone. I painfully fell forward onto the control panel of the cockpit. I was in a plane, or what was left of it at least. An F-150 maybe, I can't remember or tell by the remains. The cockpit around me was partially intact, but I could see something of a broken wing and huge jagged pieces of metal jutting out of the snow. It was a small plane for shorter flights and supply drops maybe dropping off three or four passengers. The passengers. Shit. I felt a rising panic from the pit of my stomach that gripped my entire body. Shit, shit, shit. I spun around and began waddling through the snow furiously, the packed snow crunching under my panicked steps, slipping and falling as I searched. You're the pilot, Sophia. Flying the plane is your fucking job. I stumbled through the deep snow and glanced across the landscape. We had crashed in a field somewhere over the pass. No, the side of a mountain somewhere. It was too rocky. Parts of seats and broken compartments were scattered around the cockpit. I marched methodically as the wind howled and I searched. My adrenaline surged as I fought the pain radiating through my body and pushed onward. I clutched my lower ribs and scanned the area for a sign. Anything. After a couple minutes, I saw it, peeking through the blinding snow. My heart dropped. No. No, please God, no. Three lifeless bodies sat slumped in a row of seats that had been ripped out of the plane. Oh my God. I moved as fast as I could, but once I got closer, I knew. I slowed down and tried to contain my horror as they came into view. Waves of nausea passed over my body again as I felt my throat constrict. Blood seeped from their mouths. The woman on the right was covered in bruises, her once beautiful face contorted in pain and covered with cuts. Dried blood covered her golden hair. I moved to touch her wrist, but the body felt cold, 
her skin hardened and frozen from exposure to the elements. The man next to her slumped onto her shoulder, his neck twisted the wrong way and his head cocked upwards looking towards the sky. Snow rested on his shoulders and his face, nearly covering the sharp bone protruding from his left shoulder. Oh Jesus Christ, I whimpered out loud, my lips quivering as I began to cry. My head was spinning and I sobbed with heavy, gasping breaths. This can't be happening. To the right of the woman sat a kid, maybe thirteen or so. His body was twisted into a grotesque shape from the impact, his seatbelt barely holding what was left of his corpse. I fought the urge to throw up. He had sat frozen in time, mid-reach as he stretched across the seat to touch his mother one last time. This can't be fucking happening. I stared at my feet and sunk to my knees. The tears burned down my frozen face and I rocked helplessly in the snow. I reached instinctively into my jacket for a flask, but remembered it was probably empty. I hit the icy ground with my fists and screamed. This is all your fault. This is all your fucking fault. I moved slowly back towards what remained of the cockpit. The blinding white snow rushed towards me. Gusts of freezing wind cut through me over and over. What happened, so what the fuck happened? Inside the cockpit, I picked up the black microphone and brought it shakily towards my lips. I switched on the comm unit and was met with only the sound of static. I took a breath and cleared my throat before pressing the receiver. This is Sophia Turner, pilot from the Flight 2771, headed to Rockman. We crashed somewhere over the pass. Three passengers are dead and I'm, I'm the only one left. We need evac ASAP. Over. Nothing. More static and the howling wind. I repeated the message, but still nothing. I dropped the mic to the floor with a clang and reached under the pilot's seat. I opened an emergency kit bag and began blindly pulling out papers, licenses, maps, equipment, bandages, rubbing alcohol. I was bleeding from my forehead and ears. I felt lightheaded and was likely concussed, but I barely noticed. I didn't care anymore. I wiped the tears from my face as my breath began to slow and I found the map that I needed. Come on, Soph. You looked at the maps before you crashed. I spread it across the control panel and scanned the area near the coordinates I could remember. And there it was. Versia Pass, two miles west of the nearest outpost. I checked my watch. If you don't move, you'll die out here. Two hours before nightfall, the terrain was rocky and the visibility was already bad, but if I started moving, I could maybe get there before the temperature dropped. You're going to die out here, Soph. I grabbed some bandages and maps into my inside pocket and stuck the flare gun and compass in my outside pocket. I checked the map again. You're a fucking idiot. I glanced past the pieces of metal stuck in the snow to gaze at the dark silhouettes of the bodies one last time before I began to march. The wind had picked up now, and through the blizzard, I could only see a couple feet in front of me, and the vaguest outlines of objects. I checked my compass every few seconds. I could make out several peaks in the distance, rising above the icy wasteland sprawling before me. I closed my eyes and took a deep breath and kept moving. One foot in front of the other. You're a fucking idiot and you're going to die out here. One step in front of the other. Over and over. The terrain began to change as I marched. 
the crunch of snow slowly replaced by the sound of gravel and stones. Boulders rose on either side of me, and I made my way down the mountain. I made my way through mazes of tall, dark grey rocks covered in a thin layer of snow. I moved methodically, weaving past the stone as I descended, my mind focused on the direction I was going and keeping one foot in front of the other. You're going to die out here. Soon, I had to climb. The stones grew taller and taller, towering over me like monuments that had stood for a thousand years that would continue to stand for long after I was gone. I kept moving. Up and over I pushed, scrambling from stone to stone, my heart pounding and I could still feel my headache splitting my skull. Up and over, up and over. I could see dazzling bright lights and geometric patterns against the wall of the white snow. I dragged myself up and slid over to the other side of each towering stone. Up and over, up and over, up and over. I heaved myself up from what felt like the hundredth time. I stood carefully and moved slowly to the next rock. But I misstepped, and I began to slide. Something crunched as I fell on my already injured rib. I yelled in pain at the sky and clutched my side. I lay in the snow for a minute. I inhaled deeply, wincing as my head continued to throb. I slowly rose to my feet. And then I heard it. A voice echoing against the rocks. Outside of the monologue swirling in my head. Why did you do it, Sophia? I froze. A man. Somebody whispering through the blinding snow. Why couldn't you just stop? Out of the corner of my eye, something moved. I turned my head quickly, and moving shapes danced across my vision. You could have stopped. Something moved again and scuttled across the rocks. The sound of hollow bones knocked against the pillars of stone. A woman laughed to my right. A vibrating energy hummed in my head. Pain arched across my eyes and I felt a tightness growing across my chest as I began to breathe more quickly. You need a drink. The woman laughed again, a high-pitched and grating noise that sent chills through my body. My muscles constricted and I could feel my body grow rigid. I tried to quickly scramble up the rock in front of me, but between the cold and the fear, my body wasn't responding. Again, the deep, raspy voice of a man that sounded like something less than human. You took everything from me. I darted up the rocks directly in front of me. The voice changed, and now I heard the low voice of a woman that sounded sick. You took my family. Something moved across the boulder, the rattling, creaking cacophony of bones. She laughed again, this time right behind me. You took my life. I don't know how I moved so quickly. I scrambled up the rock frantically, reaching for any hold I could find, my bare hands clawing the smooth edges of the cold surface. I dragged myself up and over again, my face pressed against the cold granite, up and over and onto the top, right up to another face. A bearded man, rotted, bleeding, a face contorted in pain. I screamed. I blinked and the face disappeared. I sat, my hands trembling as I clutched the sides of the rock, and suddenly... I could smell the scent of burning flesh and fuel. My stomach turned over and I tried to focus on the sound of the snow falling. I closed my eyes. You need a drink. I reached into my inside pocket and felt only the maps and bandages. You need it just to function. I began to move across the rocks again. You need it just to feel normal. The snow was falling harder. 
an impenetrable wall of white surrounding me and swallowing my vision. You should have brought the rubbing alcohol. Might have made you sick, but at least you feel better than this. The ground was less rocky now. I began to see pine trees emerging through the blizzard. I stepped past fallen trees and masses of tangled branches covering the ground. Twigs snapped like breaking bones with every step and soon. I was in a forest. The wind picked up and I heard the rustling of the branches. The slow creaking of the trunks bending in the wind, struggling to stay upright and throughout the trees. I heard a whisper that seemed to surround me. I wouldn't be dead if it wasn't for you. A child's voice. A boy. I stopped in my tracks and strained my ears to listen. My eyes darted across the endless trees extending in every direction. I heard something breathing heavily and branches snapping with each step. The sound of a woman screaming to my left and something moving through the thicket. The shape of a corpse walking between the trees. Without thinking, I broke into a sprint. The heavy odor of gasoline and burnt flesh filled my lungs. My head throbbing and my body was on fire, but I could hear something approaching behind me. A man grunting and breathing like an animal. I didn't look back. My vision blurred and I ran and vaulted over broken branches and pushing through the deep snow. Through the trees I saw a cabin. A small structure with broken windows and a door left ajar. My limbs felt numb, but I sprinted faster and the crunch grew louder. The woman screeched in pain and the voice of a boy yelling for help rang in my ears searing into my brain until I burst through the door and slammed it behind me, my heart pounding in my chest, my side aching. My entire body felt heavy with exhaustion. I'm sorry. I slowly stepped into the main room of the cabin, the wind whistling through the crack in the wall to my left. A broken window illuminated a few feet in front of me. I'm so sorry. I walked slowly into another room with a wooden desk and a chair. I stepped inside, scanning the room before my eyes landed on something glinting on the table. I stepped closer. A tall, elegant glass bottle. My heart rose and I cried out with joy. I threw off the gloves and picked it up to see the label. James Baphomet Distilled Scotch. I screwed off the top and downed the bottle in an instant. A cackle from the outside echoed throughout the thin walls of the cabin. You can't stop, can you? The golden liquid rushed into my mouth and I felt the warmth and euphoria spreading through my body. Maybe you deserve to freeze out here, alone. My headache and the sensation in my stomach eased. You'll never stop, even if it kills you. The bottle dropped to the floor with a thud. You're going to hurt people. I ambled into another room where I could see light spilling in through a doorway. The door had fallen off its hinges long ago, and the exit opened to more sprawling forest. I checked my watch and compass again, straight northeast for what I prayed wouldn't be too much longer. I could feel the cold slowly seeping into my bones. Only an hour left before you freeze out here. I began to jog slowly, and then ran. The voices echoed through the trees, and I could see glimpses of the bodies moving with me, moving closer and trying to reach me. My chest began to hurt and I let out a scream of pain as my head began to throb again. I was met with the scream of a woman as she began to fall. I moved faster. Then the scream of a man, a sound of fury and pain. I never turned and kept running. Then the cry of a boy as his bones were crushed and limbs twisted. I ran. I sprinted faster than I have ever moved before, past the trees, out of the trees, out of the forest, and into a field overlooking a valley. 
Just die out here, Soph. I collapsed. Let go, Soph. Pain radiated up my legs from my right ankle, and I began to crawl on all fours. Let it go. My hands felt raw as I plunged them into the icy snow, one hand in front of the other. I looked up ahead of me. I could see it now. A small, warm, glowing light coming from a tiny building in the distance. A cold hand wrapped around my leg. I screamed as the smell of death overwhelmed me, suffocating me as the moan of a creature that was no longer human grew louder. I turned violently to face a figure, a man covered in thick red blood that shone in the light reflected by the snow. The fabric of his shirt was a deep red, and his torn jeans revealed red flesh and bone. His neck was at the wrong angle, and his face was shredded and bruised with flaps of skin hanging from his stone jawline. You're going to die out here. I kicked and struggled, but I felt his grip tighten until something in my ankle cracked and I screamed. I twisted myself away and turned to face a woman, her curly blonde hair red and singed. Deep, bloody cuts extended across her face. She reached out with a rotting arm blackened from the cold. And the boy. He stood over me and watched, his eyes digging into my soul before getting closer and closer moving until his face was inches from mine, and in a single stroke, he dragged his nails across my face and neck. I struggled and thrashed as they wailed. He clawed and I clawed back, and I screamed. I jammed my hand into my coat to draw the flare gun, raised it to the dark sky, and pulled the trigger. I passed out and drifted into a void of nothingness. A dreamless sleep where time didn't even exist. What felt like an eon later, the slow beep of a heart rate monitor ushered me to consciousness. I didn't see anything at first. All I could do was feel the pain racking my body and the warmth of the blankets around me. As I came to, I could hear, but I couldn't form any words. Any light was too painful, so I kept my eyes shut. Two men, who I assumed were a doctor and a nurse, shuffled around the bed, speaking in hushed voices. Sophia Turner, 34 years old. Female. Mechanism of injury unknown. Likely high-speed collision. Brain injury. Might have involved alcohol. Bruises all over her body. Minor rib fractures. Non-freezing cold injuries. Whole nine yards. Snow Patrol brought her in at 2 a.m. after they saw a flare or something. Her vitals are stable right now, but... Hell, you should have seen her an hour ago. One of the guys that did CPR noticed the smell of booze, so we ran some blood tests and... Get this. Her blood alcohol content? Yeah. More than four times the legal limit. Jesus. How did she even make it that far? Hell, how'd she fly a plane? Well, she didn't. Based on her uniform, she fits the bill for the pilot of the small aircraft that went down over the pass. Uh, well, Bressy is a couple miles away, right? Uh-huh. She must have been sprinting to make it over here this fast. A lot of alcohol in her system. Probably suffering from severe withdrawal. When the patrol brought her in, she was hallucinating and yelling about dead people chasing her. She had a couple seizures, but she should be fine now. Keep an eye on her, alright? No problem. Uh, have a good night, Dr. Banner. And hey, one more thing. I felt a warm hand touch my wrist. 
Yes, said the doctor. The nurse swallowed. I could see from the notes she had broken ribs, various cold injuries, contusions, but I didn't see anything about the lacerations on her neck and face. She's pretty scratched up, and it doesn't look like she's got those injuries just by running through the woods. The nurse traced the markings covering my face and neck. He lifted my hand and turned it over gently. The doctor stepped closer, and he sighed. Hell if I know. We'll run a physical eval in the morning. Poor bastard, he muttered. The nurse let go of my hand and set it on the bed. Well, I'm looking at her hands now, and there seems to be debris and... He paused and cleared his throat. Flesh. Human flesh under her fingernails. The doctor was silent for a moment. He picked up my other hand, turning it over carefully. He sighed. I hope the lacerations might have been an animal or branches, but my best guess, they were self-inflicted. I drifted in and out of sleep for days. They let me leave once I was mostly healed and felt I was well enough to be on my own, even though I didn't. I still don't feel like I should be alone. I spend most nights by myself. Writing helps. Uh, putting something down on paper or online eases things for a little while. I can still feel the cutting cold wind from the pass, even when I'm standing close to my fireplace. The scarring on my face and neck looks better. It looks like cracks, almost, as if I've broken apart and my fragments are barely holding together. If I put on enough makeup, they almost look invisible, but I can always see them no matter how much foundation I use. It hurts to look in the mirror. When I cry, the salt in my tears stings the cuts under my eyes and cheeks. I don't know if I'll ever feel better. Sometimes I'll look out my window at the falling snow and zone out. Memories of the past loop in my mind endlessly, and I can't make them stop. I still see shadows in the snow, faces of the family still haunting me, burning in my brain. If I'm not careful, sometimes, I find myself standing in the snow with no idea how I got there. I'm always staring up at the sky, snow landing in my cuts and scars, melting and burning. I can feel them standing near me. Sometimes I let the falling snow consume my vision until it becomes a wall of white. I let it wash over me until I'm snow blind. I can see their faces and hear them calling to me, calling me to walk with them into the cold. If I don't write anything more than this, Please don't report me missing. I can't see well anymore, but everything is white and clear and bright now. Know that I'm not okay, but this is what I needed. Know that I've walked into the cold, empty white with open arms. <laughs>